0: from June to the My thanks to this week's sponsor, Wetman Pinks of Dawlish in Devon Hello and welcome to this week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook. Here to exchange some of the latest news, views and a bit of timely advice on all things gardening. Later, I'll be chatting to Chris Harrop, OBE, the Group Sustainability Director at Marshalls, the landscape materials manufacturer. Goodness, our gardening world seems to have come alight. I've never known anything like it. I mean, the latest roundup I have tells me that in Holland, Germany, Belgium, and now that the garden centres are open here in Britain, everybody seems to have gone gardening mad, and there's a shortage of planting material. Even in America, I'm told, it's exactly the same situation. I suppose inevitably, if uh, we're stuck at home and the weather's as good as it's been the last two months really here in Britain, then uh, it's inevitable that we're going to be tidying up uh, and appreciating uh, having a garden to potter into. I hear that uh, Far plants, one of the big nursery producers on the West Sussex coast, were trading at just 15% of normal. Really terribly difficult times for them. And then, within days, up 50% in a week, they tell me. Other good news too. I hear that A Hill & Sons of Stokesley, up in North Yorkshire, celebrate 100 years of trading this year. They have 35 acres in production and third and fourth generation hills, Uh, still working away producing nursery stock. I know Stokesley uh, only too well and that lovely uh, hill riding up behind it, roseberry topping. Yeah, I have very fond reconnections to uh, that North Yorkshire area. Other really good news too is the uh, message that public gardens can now open. I was uh, very pleased to hear Sue Biggs of the Royal Horticultural Society on Gardeners' Question Time last Sunday say that uh, she was optimistic that gardens would open in early June. And now, apparently, the government has given the go-ahead. Although it looks as if there may have to be uh, timed booking, you'll have to get a set time when, as uh, a member of the RHS, you go... uh, visit one of their four gardens. I await to hear the details and certainly can't wait to get Hyde Hall open because we hope on the 4th and 5th to start cladding our pyramid that was to be the Chelsea Flower Show exhibit uh, and we will have a real Chelsea Flower Show display on that weekend the 6th of June. It looks as if we're going to have 20 new plant launches, several really good new roses have suddenly come out of the woodwork and I can't wait to see four new Floribundas in the Precious series. I'm told that uh, if that was a flowering shrub, people would fall over themselves because the the Precious series will just keep on repeat flowering, the perfect uh, summer bedding plant and I hope to get uh, several that we can uh, trial alongside the florist series, all coming from uh, the breeder Noack in Germany, who has introduced some very disease-resistant, stunning roses. Now, when it comes to advice, I was uh, interested to read uh, on a local app the discussions about climbing courgettes. One of the people in the street was asking if anybody had a few short canes to support their courgettes. And then there was hot debate saying you don't need canes to support courgettes, they're bush. Well, of course, uh, there's an exception to every rule, isn't there? And in the case of uh, courgettes, we have the cultivar black forest, which does, well, not really climb, but it grows on quite a tall stem to about a metre or a metre and a half. I often chat about new varieties of things and at the Floral Fantasia area at Hyde Hall we had lots of new introductions planted last summer and goodness several of them this year in their second season are really doing their stuff. I've mentioned before and I make no apology for mentioning again, the uh, catmint, Napita Persian Blue, spelt as in cats, purring, P-U-R-R, Persian Blue. That is a fantastic plant. I think we planted three originally, and they grow very compact, are very free-flowering, uh, and unlike the... Uh, Six Hills Giant and the other cat mints, you know, that tend to be very sprawly and straggly and all over the place, Persian Blue stays beautifully erect, and the bees absolutely love it. Best of all, when it's finishing flowering, if you shear it really hard back, give it a bit of water and feed, up it comes again, and still stays really compact, And and gives you a mass of colour. They really are fantastic things. Uh, We have them alongside several of the daylilies that are called everyday lily. They're in several colours. And goodness, do they flower. When we planted last summer after BBC Gardeners World live show, there were quite a range of uh, new herbaceous plants. Alstroemerias for example, Uh, they're just coming into flower now for the second time. The uh, Indian series, Indian summer, Indian sky, Indian breeze, goodness do they grow and flower. And daylilies, the name everyday lily says it all, they formed really big clumps And they flower for week after week after week. There are some really exciting things coming along. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't
1: actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
2: Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Coming up, my interview with Chris Harrop. Chris is the group sustainability director at Marshall's, who manufacture landscape materials. I got Chris to spell out what sustainability can mean and we talked about judging new products at the Chelsea Flower Show. I also asked him about a big trip that he'd made. However, my first question was about three letters at the end of his letterhead. Chris, we've known one another for quite a long time and you have an OBE, but I've never really asked why. How did you get it?
1: Uh, hi, Peter. Yeah, I, I got my OBE for services to the prevention of modern slavery and labour exploitation. Um, and you know, I think it's probably as a result of what's, what's now 15 years worth of work that started looking at child labour and bonded labour in India for the production of sandstone and sandstone paving. Um, and then expanded into to other areas that, that that marshals look to procure stone to make sure again there's no child labor, there's no modern slavery. So whether that be in Vietnam or in uh, Turkey or in China. Um, and, and latterly, in the UK, I mean you know the frightening statistics are that in the UK there's one hundred and thirty six thousand people subject to modern slavery conditions. So in the last certainly the last few years, we've been doing a lot of work. In identifying where modern slavery exists in the construction, garden, landscape sector, um, finding it and fixing it.
0: Goodness, well, I didn't expect that answer, Chris. That's those are unbelievable statistics. Yeah, because Marshalls will be a very big player, won't they, in the hard landscaping world?
1: Marshalls can trace its history all the way back to 1880 when Solomon started an aquary in a quarry in, uh, in South Aurum. In, in West Yorkshire, all throughout the UK, we are the largest hard landscaping manufacturer um, and an importer of stone, um, and therefore it is incumbent upon us to make sure that everything we do is done to the highest possible standard, whether that's the the ethics of, of sourcing or issues of climate change for the production of concrete products in the UK.
0: Right, your title, sustainability director really is quite unusual isn't it i can't think that i've come across it anywhere else
1: sustainability is one of those words that that is is kind of bandied around but not really fully explained and and the way that i, I look at it for marshalls is that you know our job is to help create better spaces to to kind of put products and services into the landscape into people's gardens and driveways that are um, as, as good as possible for the, the environment so they have the, the least carbon footprint from an environmental perspective they, they help stop flooding um, and that they are uh, produced and sourced as ethically as possible so you now my job is to make sure that all of those things are in place for all of the products that anybody would buy for their driveway their garden and, and then any public sector and commercial schemes would do for town centres or car parks, public spaces in the rest of the country. Goodness, that's some responsibility.
0: Um, What do you think the general public
1: want today? i mean, week 11 of uh, of lockdown. And, you know, I spent a lot of time at home. Marshall's did a survey very recently and the the numbers and the figures are are very clear that people get a huge benefit out of their garden spaces. So, you know, we're all spending a lot more time in our gardens. 80% of people are spending a lot more time in their garden. Um, and the number one thing that they're doing in their garden is gardening. It's growing fruit and vegetables. As That's the kind of key thing that people are looking to do because it links through to making them feel better. You know, when we asked people, you know, give us one word that tells us about how being in their garden makes them feel. Relaxed is the number one. Happy, peaceful, calm, energised, contented. Gardening has a huge impact on mental health and improvement of mental health. I mean, it was Mental Health Awareness Week last week, and and gardening has a huge role to play in that.
0: So when you did that, survey. I mean, did you
1: ask a whole series of questions then, as well as what gardening does for you? We were asking people how much time they were spending in their garden, whether that was more or less than than they had pre-COVID-19, what they were doing in their garden, what they'd like to do in their garden, how being in their garden makes them feel has it inspired them to do anything different in their garden? What has, in fact, what has it inspired them to do in their garden? Have you got any figures on that? Well, the the interesting thing, you know, it, it's planting and gardening and growing fruit and vegetable. You know, that that's about fifty four percent of people were were saying that that was the thing that they'd been inspired through the lockdown to do in their garden. The number one is about growing, closely followed by you know, having a space to relax in.
0: And in in practice, if you're fairly new to it, growing your own in containers on hard landscaping is probably the easiest way to start, isn't
1: it? It is. And Peter, you and I have been judging new products for the the RHS at the Chelsea Flower Show. I think this is our 10th year this year. And this year's winner was, was specifically growing your own and allowing people to grow fruit and vegetables anywhere so whether it's a, a container on a patio or on a balcony in the middle of a city um, and I, I did a quick look through some of our previous winners and it's been a theme that that we followed through through the years and you probably remember the the potato pot that uh, that we also judge i think that was back back in 2015
0: I certainly remember that because it's been updated in design and I've got a trial going on on my bit of hard landscaping out by the back door with the original pot and another one. And there's just been a judge by the public, hasn't there, on this year's new product. The general public voting didn't really take the criteria of innovative in the potting bench winning the vote.
1: I think the, the the voting reflected what the people for the visiting the Chelsea Flower Show and the online virtual world this year were, were looking to do. You know, they 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 are um, keen, enthusiastic gardeners, and and that was a it's, a it's a fantastic piece of furniture that that allows people to to pot up and plant. Um, so, you know, it's a very good, I think when we were judging for a wider sense, we're looking at that level of, of innovation and universality so that anybody, whether they are in the city, the suburbs and urban, rural areas can, can get into gardening and, and tap into growing their own fruit and vegetables.
0: Yeah, and both you and uh, Deborah Meaden are very keen on the uh, sustainability aspect. Of the products, where they come from, if they're UK manufactured, and whether they're sensible for the environment.
1: Yeah, one of one of the other things I, I do as as kind of part of my role is I'm, I'm also chair of Made in Britain, and so you know it's always good to see good innovation, and then that innovation being manufactured in the UK. And from a sustainability perspective, you know we want to see products made in the UK as close to market as possible with the right you know, people treated in the right way with the right rights, labour rights and human rights. All of these issues are around sustainability of businesses and of society and of the planet. It's a tough competition to judge though,
0: isn't it? Um, I think this year we had um, Twill, which sells for, was it two ninety nine. Right up to um, a really lovely designed three way seat, which was nearly 7,000, I think. So it's not an easy competition to judge, is it?
1: No, and the, the pre judging that we do to, to get the shortlist down to, to where you and, and Deborah um, sit down to go through the, the kind of the 10 or 11. Generally, you know, the, the number of entries over the years has re- varied between 40 and 50 entries spanning all sorts of different products that people would use in the garden so it's it's a difficult process um and uh, the criteria that criteria that we use around sustainability ergonomics innovation value for money you know those are are really important you've had an unfortunate bout of cancer i think but then went to the north pole is that right yeah i as part of my kind of desire to to be an advocate for for climate change, I, I was planning to ski to the North Pole to to look at the the depth of the ice and to to, to almost experience myself the changes that were going on. But and, and as part of the just, just a
0: minute to, to ski to the
1: North Pole, yeah, that was my original plan. And, um, and you know, my 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 wife insisted that I had a medical before I set out, um, and that medical then discovered that I had a form of leukemia. So Good. that that put back my trip to the North Pole a few years. But uh, you know, in you know, in 2017, April the thirteenth, I I got there, um, finally got to the North Pole, stood at the North Pole, and and actually it was probably worse than I thought it was going to be. The the ice was very, very thin. Um, in fact, that trip hasn't been possible since because of the thickness of the ice not being enough for kind of either landing or or uh, standing and skiing over. And it just shows how climate change is real and it's affecting the planet and therefore it's affecting us and and everything we do. Uh, Food security, enjoyment, weather, you know, in the UK, we have mass floods and then we have periods of great uh, dry. I mean, it's not really rained throughout this whole lock-in and before that we had huge floods. So it's changing our weather patterns, which is changing what we can grow in our gardens, how we can enjoy our outdoor spaces um, you know, climate change is real, and we need to we need to get hold of uh, the issue and start to tackle it. And you know, I'm really proud to to say that one of the things that Marshalls has done is um, there's an organisation that that sits alongside the the UN called uh, Science Based Targets, and that enables every business to work out their contribution to achieving the below the two degree or the one and a half degree target for 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 warming, and exactly what they have to do by when. To help achieve that target and, and Marshall set a target and have had that target approved. So we're doing everything we can uh, to make sure that our operations and all of our products and everything that we do around our products is, is minimizing impact on, on climate change and, and doing our part.
0: Chris, when I started this conversation, I, di- I didn't really expect to hear what a um, wide approach. You're taken to this whole sustainability thing. But to bring it right back to our own back gardens, if I was listening to this and was planning to do a bit of garden redesign and construction, uh, um, where should I go?
1: I think if you're you're planning to, to do some work in your garden, I think the most important thing to do is get a trained professional. Um, and, and that's really important because if I think back to, to kind of my other comments around modern slavery, you know, it's one of the areas that is targeted at by criminal gangs. So the thing I would recommend is to to always seek out a trained professional. At Marshalls, we have the the Marshalls Register of Approved Landscapers. You can look at that through. You know, find a, a register member through our website, uh, Marshals.co.uk. Um, they 've also all been trained and are aware of what to look at in terms of modern slavery, so if they see anything as they 're out and about they 're able to spot it and and report it. Um, but I think then you know it 's also incumbent upon us all to think about the products that we 're putting in our garden, so whether that 's the the ethics of the stone, so make sure that stone has been produced you know without child labor without modern slavery that the, the climate change impact of the products that we put in there are as low as possible. Um, we've been product carbon footprinting all of our products uh, for over well, nearly 15 years now, actually, uh, to make sure that they're as low as they can possibly be. Um, and you know, think about all of the things that you want to do in your garden. If it's a space for you to grow fruit and vegetables for you to eat, you want it to be as healthy as possible. And if it's a space for you to relax um, and refresh and clear your mind, then you want to make sure it's as well designed and as peaceful as possible.
0: Chris, it's very good to speak to you today. Thank you very much for all that you're doing. And I wish you well in every respect and especially in the health respect. Look forward to speaking to you
1: very soon. It's very kind of you, Peter. Thank you very much. And um, let's, let's try and encourage as many people as possible to get out in their gardens um, and enjoy them.
0: I had quite a pleasing uh, email from Anne-Marie this week uh, and she said, just wanted to let you know how much I'm enjoying your podcasts, have recently discovered them and being a total glutton, feasting on them. You are perfect company while in the greenhouse and when preparing dinner. The last six years as garden designer, my home garden has been rather neglected, but the lockdown has given me time to put things to right. Well, Anna-Marie, it was uh, very encouraging to get your message. Sitting here on my own, talking to myself in the polytunnel seems to be a bit strange, and sometimes you wonder whether there's anybody out there at the uh, other end. My tale piece for this week comes from Michael Powell in The Accidental Gardener. He says... Did you know that ducks are natural predators of slugs? As the old saying goes, if you have too many slugs, the chances are you have a deficiency of ducks. That reminds me of my grandfather's experience. As a child, I remember somebody in the village telling my grandad that uh, if he let ducks loose in the vegetable garden, they would see off all the slugs. And so he did just that and the ducks cleared two rows of his peas. (laughs) I'm not sure whether they ate any of the slugs or not, but he lost all his peas that year. So you need to be careful with some of these old adages. They don't always work. Well, I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Enjoy the sunshine and all the early summer flowers gardens really are a joy at present my thanks to this week's sponsor Wetman Pink's Dawlish in Devon